Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Fitness Candor Podcast. I am joined again with Bill Pache, and he is the, um, the uh, I'm going to go ahead and just call you the chief executive officer of cyberpump.com, <laughs> uh, the, the founder of cyberpump. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're the, you're the CEO of uh, cyberpump.com. And uh, we're going to finish up the number three, that third podcast of uh, leg training and development. So it's kind of taken a while to get there, but this is it finally. So we left off talking about, um, we finished with, I think calf development was the last thing we talked about. So we're going to go into, uh, hamstring, uh, development, um, the type of exercises, some single, single and multi-joint movements, your favorites, my favorites, you know, what, what, what you see people do that, um, you think they are wasting their time with. And I will talk a little bit more about rest periods and cramming as much work in as possible. So Bill, give us a little overview of some of the things that you see people doing wrong when it comes to uh, leg training in general, and then we can kind of just relate that back to the hamstrings and the glutes. Okay. One of the, um, well, if you see, well, first of all, very few people doing really hitting hamstrings uh, where that's really their focus. You know, there is a lying leg curl in in and when I've seen people using a lying, lying leg curl, they load it up too much and, and moved way too quickly and with a lot of momentum. And the way I view the when you're performing any sort of leg curl is like a, a very smooth and controlled, almost like you're performing a, uh, a bicep flex, but with your legs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and one of the other things, uh, you know, so they're using way too much weight and sw- especially the, there's a, a seated hammer strength that we're actually where you're seated. Um, you're not lying down, you're actually seated. And I've seen people load that up and just um, completely use momentum and not really get much direct hamstring work. You know, I go on there and I end up, you know, there was a, a old dude on there, even way older than me. And he was just swinging probably double the double the weight I had, and, yeah. and I, I was very smoothly under control and very focused on working in the hamstrings. So that's probably the, the biggest uh, mistake, and then not working them at all is the other other thing as well. And, yeah, definitely. And just focusing too, focusing too much on the the front part of the leg. Yeah, and that, and we've talked about that before too. Like everybody, whatever you see when you look in the mirror is basically what most people train. You know, unfortunately. So, but yeah, the lying leg curl, um, I love that machine. I think that's one of the best uh, overall focused isolated muscle um, machines you can use for the hamstring uh, and a little bit of the glute too. But the um, the seated leg curl, I tell you what, we have we have a Nautilus seated curl at, at uh, Mission 5 and I use it for some people depending on, you know, where they are in terms of their mobility and things like that. But for me, I bet I've used that machine maybe once in the past like six months on myself 
just because like my my back seems to come off um the pat the back pad i i don't use a whole lot of weight to begin with you know super slow and controlled but i feel like um with my back coming off even if i'm using you know extremely low weight i just i don't want to sacrifice any any you know any part of the form and i feel like that low back uh, coming off the pad kind of um i don't know i tend to focus too much on that than trying to slam my back down and so it kind of messes me up but um but if if you're a person who can't fit into a lying leg curl because that's basically i think um one of the reasons why the seated leg curl was made because it it um allows for more variation of of you know body types to use it so obviously it's still an important machine but um the seated one's definitely not one of my favorites so yeah have you ever seen the the hammer strength one no i haven't no it's probably yeah. it's probably got to be a lot different than the nautilus yeah well it doesn't i've never i was just curious uh if you had because i have never felt like my lower back was in any way can come off or anything yeah and, and it, maybe just because i'm not uh i'm not sure maybe it's just designed a little differently but definitely um Anyway, the the lying leg curl that we have, or the gym I I lift at, um, is very uncomfortable for me. So see, we're just the opposite. The, uh-huh. the the machine that they have basically is really uncomfortable. It feels like, um, it's almost feels like I'm gonna uh, tear a hamstring the Ooh. way this thing is. Yeah, it's really it's really different, but it's just the opposite. So, and, and that's the other thing too. Don't don't just. Uh, go on and do an exercise because everybody says you should if it doesn't feel right or anything for you specifically and you think you're doing it right um find an alternative <laughs> definitely and the momentum so let's talk about the momentum aspect do you have a certain re- uh, like a maybe a pace count that you go by because obviously during any exercise any exercise uh, unless you're like a, you know an Olympic power lifter that uses a little bit of momentum to get underneath the bar, everything should be smooth and control with as little momentum at the top of the movement and at the bottom of the movement. So uh, do you do you like um have a certain certain pace that you go by, or is it just you know when you get it, to the it's at the well, it's at the point again, um, you can go too slow. Mm-hmm. Where it, it just doesn't feel it just feels awkward, right? And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, gosh, this really feels too slow. And, and really, it's just above that point where again, it's very just smooth, constant rate. And and uh, again, starting off not jerking and same thing on and any time a turnaround as well. So um, I really don't count in everything, but it's probably you know the, the you know whether three seconds or or you know it's basically whatever it takes to move very smoothly at at a constant rate that's yeah. the thing it's not starting off quicker and then slowing down or or, or the opposite for yeah me. i like that I like a three to four rep three to four rep count um not necessarily seconds but you, you know counting to yourself one two three four nice and smooth good contraction and then you kind of just exit you control the weight out of um the contracted position night you don't you know just let the weight drop and carry you back to the very beginning and then get a good pause at the other direction for about a second or so and then nice and smooth back up i like that again i'm not counting either i don't count to myself but for for people who are looking for um you know a change up in pace then i think a three to four rep count is a pretty solid one what I does think you're, you know by the way i think oh. you're exactly um on spot with that i think i am too it, <laughs> 
when when I when I think about how I do my reps, that's about exact. That's exactly how I do, I perform them. Is is about that count. Yeah. It ends up. Be, it just ends up being that by default. Yeah. I mean, just you're talking, you know, smooth and controlled, nothing fast. It shouldn't be like a one second down, one second up thing that you know you see a lot of people uh, do. But you want to let the muscle feel what it's going through for sure. So how does that impact with your your rest time when you're training, when you're doing uh, hamstring work? I mean, I'm sure it's you know exactly the same with everything else, but what's that look like between exercises, I guess? Well, for me, uh, I use this warm-up for uh, – so for me, it's basically I, I do very light leg extensions alternated with the hamstring curls and start out light and just basically with no rest in between – just long enough to, to, again, add a little weight to each, you know, so that's how I'm basically doing it for me. But if I was doing it and working up, it would be the same way. I just long enough to change the weight okay. and I would be going to the next, the next set. So it's probably somewhere between, you know, um, 10 to 15 seconds yep. is just by default because I add a weight change in there, depending on if you, if it's a hammer machine, of course you have to put um, plates on it. If it's selectorized, obviously you could go faster. But by the time I gather myself, make sure I'm I'm on point and everything, it's probably around ten to fifteen seconds. Of total rest time for for the for those two exercises. Well, in between, so if I was to do the hamstring curls directly with you know just work the hamstrings on the curl machine. Gotcha. Okay. In between sets, you know, warming up, warming up until the top set, basically. Okay, I gotcha. So, so I basically, yeah, so, yeah. So I basically warm up to to the point in in like I said, it's very very conservative now in how I do things, uh, where where I'm not worried about losing quote losing strength or something for my top one or two sets that it be. You know, in other words, geez, I'm fatiguing myself. Well, actually, I'm doing that at this point in time to be uh, safer from a injury standpoint. And just, and just like I said, now it's going to be 54. It's like I'm, I'm a few quarts short of oil, so to speak. So, um, <laughs> it, it, it helps uh, oil the machine, so to speak. Um, and and so that, like I said, I I probably spend more majority of my workout time, even though it's short making sure I'm good and warmed up, believe it or not, and, right. and not just uh, go into things, you know, quickly. Yeah, that makes sense. So you, we, and we've talked a lot about uh, cramming as much work as possible into your workouts. So I'm sure you see the exact same, that I, exact same things that I see when people train in general, but with their legs, you know, it's five, five or six reps, you put, you put the bar or you step away from the machine or even just hell, you, you sit on the machine, send a couple tweets, a couple text messages, three minutes later, you go back and do it again. Um, so what, what does your rest time, not rest time, but what, what does your, uh, your workload look like when you're going from exercise to exercise? How much work do you put in to that leg, leg routine? Well, I've done, for example, we talked about the higher reps. You know, and so I do what, you know, like when I've been doing the goblet squat, I do what I call the, the, the uh, you know, kind of like mini sets, so to speak, of, you know, eight, say you pick a number eight, and then basically, you know, go up in weight and, and end up doing 40, you know, like I said, just long enough to grab the next dumbbell. Right. You know, and so I'll, I'll do a, a, basically, if you want to call it a circuit, that's kind of basically what I'm doing when I'm when I'm working my legs 
and it actually doing any body part from for that matter it's just and it's not really circuit training because like i said you'd be surprised how long 15 seconds is from a rest time and how much you can actually recover yeah man um vert and, and like i said I, I, people quote over training I, what I've found that, you know, I majority of people aren't training hard enough to worry about overtraining. Not even close. <laughs> Not even close. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, and, and I haven't really, didn't really recognize that. And, and like I said, unless for about the last couple of years, even myself, it's like, oh, wait, again, I've said this before, I've wasted so much time from that perspective in, in how long I, I really didn't understand high intensity training, even though, you know, cyber pump has been around for two decades now and was, has always been, you know, the home for high intensity. I had no clue in, in reality what it was. So, yeah. Yeah. So for, for your exercise selection, then how many exercises do you try to get in during a leg workout? So for me, like I said, when it includes what I do to warm up, it's, you know, and I really, for warming up and then so for example the main main would be squats would be the main movement for example okay gotcha okay okay because i think you you said you said three because i think you broke up a little bit you said three main um exercises yeah three and the first two are basically just to to get me to to the goblet squats in a good at a good Ah, pre-fatigue point i gotcha okay so you're do okay so you're basically you're doing a leg extension with a a hamstring curl just to get yourself prepped for the big multi-joint movement right okay i gotcha so okay so when i when i train on my legs and train clients usually now it, it it varies, right? So I mix it up. But typically, what I like to do is kind of like that quote-unquote pre-exhaust. Um, so I'll do a leg extension, and then I'll take somebody to either a squat or a um, leg press, and then I'll go back to a single joint for hamstring, which will be like a, a whatever, single leg ball curl or hamstring curl of some kind, the machine or manual hamstring curl, to... Uh, like a walking lunge, which arguably is, you know, uh, you're you're taxing um, the quad again, but you're you're hitting some glute, you're getting some hamstring activation out of it, or I'll do um, like a, a wide stance squat or something like that to kind of hit the uh, get back into that the adductors and and get some hamstring work out of it. But I like doing that at the very beginning of the, uh, you know, if I'm doing like a full body workout with somebody, I'll, I'll do that two times before we touch an upper body uh, movement. And then, um, the very, very end, I'll hit the hips, the low back and, and the calf to kind of wrap things up for the, the lower body. But other times I'll do like, um, a leg extension right into, um, a walking dumbbell lunge or just a walking lunge. And then we'll go to, um, a, a hamstring movement, and then we'll go to a multi-joint, uh, like, like a leg press again, a multi-joint pressing movement. And if I ever do deadlifts with someone, which is very rare because it's so technical of a movement, I try to do that at the very, very end of the workout. Otherwise, you know, you're, you're, you're sacrificing a lot of form. Um, you know, you're going to tax your hamstrings, your glutes, and then people get into, um, you know, probably damaging their low back if they're not doing it right. And then you just screwed up your, the rest of your upper body workout. But anyway, it, so it, it can vary from, from uh workout to workout, but that's kind of how I lay my, 
uh, lower body workouts down, especially when it comes to hamstrings, which probably is a lot more work than you're used to doing. Yeah, probably, probably just because, like I said, I don't know what your rep, what kind of rep scheme do you use? Um, for legs, I'm with, with clients, I'm doing anywhere between 12, 12 and 20, depending on, depending on the person. Okay, so how many how many quotes sets would that include, say, on your on your main movements? The main movements would be two sets. So it would be um, let's just like to, from the single joint to multi joint. I would do leg extension. Let's just say I go 20, 20 reps. Leg extension, leg press, to hamstring curl, and then to either like a deadlift or a walking lunge. And then I you know they could rest as much as they want. I try to keep them moving through that first set. And then we go back and hit that all those movements exactly the same way. Okay. Yeah. So they're they're the pressing about at, forty. Yeah, because uh, the reason I was asking is is when you look at how I do goblet squats, just uh, I'll a a set um, when I actually go into and do a, the leg extensions too in between is kind of almost a rest for me on on the. The other parts, you know, because uh, I'm on obviously focusing more on the quadriceps, but it'll end up being a a circuit of six sets um, with no basically just long enough to change the weight and then do another cycle. So it'll be 12, 12 total uh, mini sets. Right. Um, yep. To complete it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that that makes sense. It's just you also got to think. You know, if I'm if I'm doing that with someone then I'm probably doing a 60 minute workout with that person, you know, for, for myself. Yeah. And, you know, and that's not to say that I'm trying to quote unquote fill time, but you do have to cram. You don't have, you don't have to cram as much work in, you can kind of spread it out. And there's sometimes, well, we'll do one set of all those at 20 reps. Um, the weight will be really heavy and then we're done. That's it. And then they go and we'll do, um, you know, the upper body exercises for two sets other days, we'll I'll I'll hit that first whole section of legs like I mentioned, and then we'll go from a push pull upper body all the way through down to um, biceps and triceps, and then we'll go right back to legs at the very very end, and then cycle back up to upper body. So it kind of varies, but yeah. um, I really like thirty minute. Yeah, because you're, tr- yeah, yeah, you're trying to hit the full body. Right? Everything, right? right. Yeah. If, if yeah, yeah. now there are people that I've if someone comes in and they're like, hey, I gotta you know rearrange my schedule so we'll we'll do like a back-to-back if they're training twice a week sometimes people come in and do a back-to-back workout it's not my favorite things for most people like myself I'm, I'm starting to kind of mix it up and do that occasionally now but you know we'll do one set or uh, excuse me we'll do two sets of workouts like that like i just described the leg extension the uh leg press hamstring curl walking lunge and then we'll tack on um like single a single leg squat from a bench position. Uh, we'll do a lot of you know just unilateral stuff where we're working from side to side, lateral lunges. We'll do some more hip and and uh, abduction adduction with a band even or manual because manual exercises when you've already hit everything just kind of they exhaust a person really fast. But or I can use them as a warm up too, manual exercises to kind of get people prepped. Yeah. But um, yep. you know, and then I throw yeah. it. I like doing Got things it. like box step ups. I like box steps, step up, step ups a lot, um, depending on the person. So yeah, I mean, the, the workouts for other people vary a lot. But mine, like if I train myself for legs, it looks completely different. Yeah, the other thing I forgot is I do hit calves at the end of the workout. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. I, for- 
I forgot forgot to add that. So. That's a, yeah. We I mean we talked about like, the whole calf thing too, but um, like my my mother in law was telling me that she went to her when she was at her, I think I don't know if she's at a Y or not, whatever it is. But she basically has you know a plate loaded machine, and she does their the workout. You know they have printed out workouts for each individual. So she's looking at this thing, and she walks over to the machine. And it's all plate loaded, and she's like, I don't even feel comfortable. You know she's in her sixties, and she's like, I don't even feel comfortable like unloading and loading this by myself so so we're trying to like you know find some things that could still get her the the benefit of the leg press but i think that i get i would assume it, it's an angled leg press where you know you're basically laying on your back and the plates are above your uh, above the legs so um yeah that the the old um uh, i i really um i don't use there's one at the gym i don't use the the, the old 45 degree leg press right um because back when i was powerlifting and everything you know you'd, you'd have to load i'd have to load it up way too, with way too much weight and and that didn't even you know back then i did do that but but today it just doesn't make sense for me to do that and for the majority of people like like even my wife if she was a trainer would a plate loading type leg machine um, may not be the, the right option. Right. You know, exactly. Because, because of having to load, you know, the plates on it and everything. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I used to load up a 45 degree and then of course it, it could, you could have something happen. There's so many people improperly using leg presses like the, the video that went viral oh, God. The, of, of the dude totally <sighs> destroying it. I don't know. I think we mentioned that before. Yeah, we did. Ago. We did. So, <laughs> I was hoping you weren't going to bring that up again. <laughs> well, we're such... talking about leg... We were talk... uh... talking about leg press. Somehow we got on leg press machines again, and and uh, I couldn't uh, help but think of that. So anyway. bad, so yeah. bad. Um, so, do you do any? I mean, kind of off track a little bit, but do you do anything specifically to like train your glutes, or it's just those specific leg exercises, and that's it? Do you ever use anything like the? Um, I don't know if you guys have like a maybe a machine hip extension or like uh, glute bridges well, or anything like that. I haven't yet. I'm thinking about it just because, like 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 I said, um, I just want a little bit more direct work, especially since I'm just you know doing the. I mean, you know, I am doing the goblet squat, but uh, they do have a new machine at my gym. But I tried it again and it was really awkward. It was it was the one where you kind of uh, on your belly. Okay. And they had a an arm where you stick your foot and you push back. Um, yeah. And it just seemed um, really awkward for me to use. And and part of it was me not wanting to wait around and figure it out and muck around with it. And yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. There was the deal at that at that point in time. But it looked it still looked interesting. I may try it again. And and I know what the exercise with respect to. Um, what do you, what do you, what's the name of them? You just mentioned it. Um, like uh, the hip thrust. Or whatever. Oh, like, oh or, yeah. Like a glute, a glute bridge. Yeah. You know what? I, in all my years that I've been training until social media and everything and videos on YouTube, I'd never seen that exercise ever. Oh, really? <laughs> nope. No, no, it didn't exist. I'm telling you, it, there was no such thing. It was never brought up in any articles it was it was non-existent as far as I as far as all those years, you know, in all the you know when I first started out in 1979, all the magazines, you know, blah blah blah, high intensity training newsletter, you know, and in everything, never seen it before. 
until I saw it on, you know, now on through social media and of course YouTube or whatever. Yeah. So that's kind of an interesting point of information for you. It, it probably has roots. I, I don't know. Do you know the history of it? No, I don't at all. But I, I do know that it's a great, um, it's a great exercise for people who are not advanced. So, I mean, you know, it's super, super simple. Now I'm sure, oh, I'm trying to think of the guy. Um, I just mentioned him in another podcast, but he, he's, he's nickname is the glute guy. Uh, oh, uh, Brett Contrer- Contreras, I think he is big on uh, barbell weighted hip thrusters. So loading up yeah, your that's, yeah, yeah, which that's what I've seen people loading up like 400, 500 pounds, right? And their backs on a, a bench and yep. and they're dropping their hips. So okay, do do I think that's a good exercise? Yes, I think a lot of exercises are good, like the seated hamstring curl. I think it's a good exercise for some, but for most people, I don't think that's a great exercise. So I, I got—I I mean, I have to think there's a better alternative than throwing a barbell across your hip joint and with 400, 500 pounds and driving it, you know, into the air. I mean, I, I'm sure it does a, an insane amount of work with your your glutes and your hamstrings, but um, I just feel like there's got to be better, safer options. And I guess that's you know depending I, I, depending on the person. That's why I, yeah, I agree. That's why it's like, what? Yeah. And I'm telling you, man, it didn't. There's no such thing. What you just described again, which is again on social media, YouTube, whatsoever, that sucker was. There's no. You couldn't have found it anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, mean, so. I, I don't. I don't do that with clients. Um, I, uh, I I know trainers that do, and totally fine because they the client seems to uh, respond to it well. Like they're totally fine with it, but. I do glute bridges, basically uh, body weight, or sometimes I'll put a band around um, the person's uh, hip or or have them like, you know, I put a band around their hip and they're holding the band to the ground to give them a little bit of resistance. But I mean, I don't, I don't think, I don't know. I mean, that's, again, person to person, it's going to vary. But uh, for me, I like, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do those exercises, just regular glute bridges with, um, uh, a client who may have very limited mobility, who isn't going to be able to to do like a, a lunge or a step up or something more compact. I'll even have the feet elevated a little bit on on either a some kind of step or something like a bench, and uh, they can get a little bit more range of motion out of it, which is great. So, because I mean, the hip I mean, it works the hip joint fantastically. Also, if you get full range of motion out of it. So, yeah, I, I mean. I guess, you know, I mean, there's all sorts of exercises that, I, and I, you know, maybe they've been out there for a long time or just now being able to see them. You know, like you don't see a ton of stuff until a social media platform gets a hold of it and then it goes everywhere. So I don't yeah. know. The thing about um, when you have to use that much weight on an exercise, typically that's a, for me, that's a red flag of someone using that much weight on some, and when you think about what they're doing with the bar across and everything yeah that's to me it's a little bit of a red flag because it's like okay that's a lot of weight and stress what else what's the potential side effect uh, of that from a body uh, hard being hard on the body yeah Uh, because because hey when you're early 20s let me put it those that are that are in their early 20s um in fact i just told someone this week um, you feel good and can get away with a lot of things, a lot of liberties in your training. 
in especially with respect to warming up and everything. So I, I told someone this week, I said, you know what, you feel good. your best thing is use, uh, make sure you really warmed up good and question the exercises because you may not see the side effects of what you did when you're in your twenties until you're in your fifties, for example, or maybe even forties. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the other thing is, is how an exercise when it's really effective, it means it can also be very destructive too. So that's where you got to be a little, a little bit careful and, and really, really look at what you're doing from that perspective. And do you need to use, you know, 500 pounds on those things, you know, and, and I agree with what your, what you do from that perspective is a heck of a lot smarter in my opinion, but. Uh, yeah. And it, it, again, I think it all varying from person to person, you know, I'm sure somebody out there is going to be like, oh, here's why it's the greatest glute exercise of all time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah, when, when it, somebody else can say, well, I think, I think, uh, doing a prone leg curl is the best at, which I probably, I would probably yeah. say that is one of the best, but again, person to person, it's got, I get, I get the variation, but man, if it's like, if you're sacrificing safety overall, number one, then I think it's it, it, you throw it out the door, and I feel like that is sacrificing a lot of safety. Yeah, and but, and that's one of the things that from a, a lessons learned, um, you know, over the course of of you know several decades of training, yeah, is be willing to throw things out because there's plenty of other options. Don't get caught up in you in anything with you must do X exercise or or Z exercise in order to get maximum development or, or strength. There's always options. There's so many different options out there. Don't get caught up in the dogma that you have to do a certain exercise or none of the rest are any good. Yeah, that's a good point. Especially if you know something that's already working for you. You don't have to abandon it. So Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Bill, I think we uh, I think we just wrapped up leg training on a high note. <laughs> All right. Sounds good to me. So that's great, man. Um I'm glad we got to to put this in, and I think next we're going to get into, um, we talked about back development, so sticking with that, you know, posterior chain, um, which I, I know a lot of people uh, really talk about the different variations for pull-ups, chin-ups, you know, which the best one, so I wanna, I'll kind of want to get into all of that and get, get some of your thoughts on it, and um, uh, maybe talk about some low back training also, maybe uh, whether or not you do, uh, behind the head pull downs, you know, we can kind of talk about all that because I feel, I still think that's, that's in the mix in some gyms and it's, you know, very, um, debated. So we can kind of talk a little bit more about that, but Bill, I hope you enjoy the rest of your mother's day. <laughs> it sounds it, yeah, you bet. You it, too, Eric. Yeah, thanks. I will. I actually got razzed a little bit earlier by Melissa because she's like, you know, uh, Dex, our dog, is like, I didn't get anything from Dex. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, that's my bad. <laughs> I blamed it on him, though. I was like, well, he doesn't have opposable thumbs, and he can't reach high shelves. So I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but anyway, man, uh, we'll talk yeah, to you soon. Yeah, thanks a lot, Eric. It was great uh, being on the show again. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, Get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com. Make sure to check back every Tuesday and Thursday for more fitness candor.